Um, hi, guys. Hello. This is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. I am Kara. I am Megan. Kara's got an episode today. Mm-hmm. It involves Halloween. Oh, good. Because that's coming. And murder. Mm. Uh, trigger warning, child murder. Yeah. I object. <laughs> that's the episode, guys. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We'll do it. Deer Park. Texas. We got a 39-year-old optician, Ronald Clark O'Brien. Ronald was said to be an ordinary man. He's a deacon in his church. He's got two kids, a son and a daughter. He's an optician for Pete's sakes. Works on, you know, glasses, eyes, stuff. And they're just living in Deer Park, Texas. He also had the bus program at church. He was overseeing that. So he's just your average dude. Yep. I'm concerned. So, 1974, it's a hazy Halloween, so it's nasty out, you know, you don't want to go trick-or-treating in the rain. Uh, Ronald decides to take his son, Timothy, who's eight, and Elizabeth, his daughter, out trick-or-treating with some of the people from the neighborhood. And I don't know how you all trick-or-treat, but that's usually how we do it. Like, everybody just gathers around and goes with friends yeah and family and stuff like i have such a big family that it's usually just us and then people just end up adding on to our group kara showed up at my house last year i did oh it was so cute okay they're out trick-or-treating and like i said it's raining so they're not wanting to stay out long and the neighbors that they're with are just like dude this is miserable we're just in it for the kids like it's fine like let's just get it over with a couple blocks and we'll be fine so then all of a sudden ronald is like hey guys y'all got some we got some wealthy neighbors in this neighborhood like they're handing out the luxurious candies like Like they're full-size candy yeah they're handing out the good stuff That's good stuff. This time it's pixie sticks. Okay. So they are only out for an for like maybe an hour, half an hour. Look, you know, around that time frame. They're like two blocks, we're done. It's cold, it's rainy, it's nasty. And Ronald's like, oh, okay, great. Like, you know, this one house that, you know, the kids are at, like, oh, there's nobody there. Okay, totally fine. Um, the kids leave the house because it's dark. No, they're knocking on the door. And Ronald the neighbor said is a few minutes behind and then comes running up holding the pixie sticks. And he's like, hey, he stuck his hand out the door and handed these to me to give to the kiddos. They get the pixie sticks. He hands one to his two kids and hands some to the neighbor kids that are with them. They get home. Everybody's getting ready for bed. And the son is like, I want some of my Halloween candy. And he's like, fine, you can pick one piece. How about the pixie stick? Oh, no. Mm. Oh, no. All of a sudden, Timothy is complaining about a stomach ache, and he starts convulsing and vomiting. He murdered his own child? Mm-hmm. Call for an ambulance. The ambulance comes. He passes away within 90 minutes at the local hospital. He had told the daughter that she could have one as well, but she couldn't get it open. So he was trying to kill both he of had, them? He had stapled the pixie sticks. Shut. And she didn't know how to get the staples off. That, I'll get to that. The following day, the police are freaking out. Anybody that received pixie sticks, do not open them. And then all of a sudden, the parents in that neighborhood are freaking out. Well, yeah. Like, oh my God, my kid got a pixie stick. They were in this same group. They said that there was one woman 
who was searching for her child's candy and couldn't find the pixie stick and the kid was in the bed and they were like oh my god my my kid has ingested this pixie stick like what has happened like looking around and then they find the pixie stick under the kid's arm asleep and the kid had tried so hard to open it but fell asleep holding it because they couldn't open it yeah, but it was like the big pixie stick tubes, you know, the plastic ones, not the paper ones. Right. Like they are hard to open. Yeah. yeah. They get that candy and they test it, and it also contains the toxin. Texas is freaking out. And then a detective is just like on the news everywhere, like discouraging parents to even let their kids eat any of the candy that they've gotten during Halloween. So all this craziness is going on parents are tossing all their halloween candy and ronald is like you know what i'm gonna help you all out with this search because this is crazy my son passed away due to this like i've got to find the culprit of this because i don't want any other kids to end up dying from it so he's a hero exactly they you know first search the families talk to them like what did you all do those nights, the kids that got the pixie sticks or whatever? And they were just like, we don't, like, we were just trick-or-treating. Like, we weren't out for long, and all of a sudden, all of our kids end up with one of these pixie sticks? They start seeing some red flags around Ronald. And they're like, this is, this is starting to get a little weird. He said that the way that he got the pixie sticks is that after the kids left, a mysterious hairy arm reached out the door and handed them the pixie sticks and then pulled his arm back in and shut the door. A hairy arm. Mm -hmm. The police are like, okay, well, show us what house do you think the hairy arm was at? And he's like, sure, yeah, I will take you there. He takes them to the home of an air traffic controller and... 200 people were like, this guy has tight alibi. Like, he was busy. 200. Yeah, like, he was doing things. Like, if he's an air traffic controller, friends and family know where he is. Like, they do some investigation into Ronald. And they find that he has $100,000 in debt. He's lost his home. And he he's getting ready to have his car repossessed. So, and none of his family knew. Mm-mm. And then his employers were getting ready to fire him because he had been stealing. Ronald had lost 21 jobs. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then evidence comes up that he had taken out some life insurance policies on the kiddos. $30,000 each. So $60,000 and life insurance for the two kiddos. I just, mm-hmm. like, he got himself into this. Yeah. And his way to get out of it was to murder his, his children. And possibly neighbor kids to cover up his own murder. Yeah. So then uh, Ronald talked to some of his co-workers. And he was like, listen, I know I've got some financial struggles. I know things are hard for me, but stuff's getting ready to disappear. I'm going to be on the up and up. Oh, God. Yeah. He's like, I'll be fine soon, guys. So then, November 4th, they arrest him. And they charge him with murdering his son. And they didn't really release a lot of information about him at first. They wanted people to call in, you know, with tips and stuff. And so they said that two months before the accident, Ronald asked one of his friends who was a chemist how he could get cyanide and what a lethal dosage would be. Oh, God. 
And he was just, when when the chemist was like, huh, why? Why would you want that? He was like, I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, how do you all get that kind of stuff? How does one go about that? Like, how do you know? So then, during the investigation, a salesman comes forward and is like, yeah, this is really weird because I work for a chemical store and Ronald asked me about buying potassium cyanide. I told him we carry large five pound batches of it and he ended up backing out of the sale because he didn't need that much. They go through all of those details and they're doing their investigation and stuff and they decide that they are going to charge him with not only his son's murder, but also four counts of attempted murder with the other pixie sticks. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then Ronald's brother comes forward and he was like, you know what? He is someone who's financially struggling. Like he's having trouble. Um, He's constantly in debt and he really really can't hold down a job. So sure, maybe this did lead him to do that. And all the while, Ronald's like, I'm innocent. I don't know what y'all are talking about. 1975, there are several people testifying against Ronald, uh, his own wife being one of them. She said that their whole life together he was a struggle. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They constantly had financial issues and that, and she knew that he had taken out life insurance policies. And she said that after the son's funeral, before that people had seen him as a suspect. She said that Ronald said he was going to use the money to pay off debt and take the family on a Florida vacation after the son's funeral. Can you imagine? Oh, So they said, the Associated Press in an article says that his wife's demeanor during the trial was just emotionless and she didn't make eye contact with him at all and she just told her story because she wanted justice for her kid. Yeah. Oh, so scary. And then Ronald's insurance agent takes the stand and the agent is just like immediately after, like hours after Timothy passed away, Ronald calls us to start the claim process. Yeah. I feel so sorry for this little boy who is just like, I just want a piece of my Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is so excited to have, and you, it's your dad. Yeah. Oh. So then they get the defense on the stand. Uh, character witnesses who were like, Ronald is a stand-up citizen. He's a compassionate oh, man. Jesus. He is considerate. He's a devout churchgoer, guys. Listen. (laughs) I get so mad. He offered his time to the church however he could. Why would this be a horrible person? If there is one thing I have learned, it is the fact that whether or not a person goes to church Mm -hmm. has absolutely nothing to do with their character. Mm -hmm. I've met plenty of shady, shady characters who are like high up in their church. So. Same. Yeah. Don't. No, I don't want to hear it. No. I don't want to hear a bit of it. No. There's been people in the church that I had to go to when I was younger arrested. Yeah. And I, I've met some really things. wonderful yeah. people who won't set foot inside a church. Right. So like. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't. Again, this is why I get all annoyed with yeah, exactly. religion. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make you better. <laughs> it doesn't automatically mean you're a good person. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So his lawyer stressed that the prosecutors failed to provide concrete evidence that Ronald actually bought any cyanide. Uh, so the authorities were like, well, that's funny because we looked through his home and we found some scissors with traces of plastic residue resembling the, the okay. candies. Okay, good. And um, the jury 
maybe they were like, oh, well, we don't think this is going to help the jury. We don't think this is going to help their decision. That's just scissors and candy. Maybe open it for his kid. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> but there's all the other evidence. Uh-huh, exactly. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Megan, you know, I have like 5,000 mini businesses that I'm running. Mm, I do know this. Yeah. yeah. And like all these little makers markets that I'm doing and like probably need to slow down a little bit. But like there are moments where I am like on a roll and I'm like, this is amazing. Like this could be huge. I could do so much with this. But then all of a sudden I'm like, can I do that though? Mm -hmm. Like, is this something in my realm? Can I, am I actually capable even though I know I'm fully capable of doing it and I can do so much more. Yeah. But then that's when I need people to talk it through with. Yeah. It's just like your brain for whatever yes. reason gets in your way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I have friends and family that I talk it through with and you and I, Marco Polo, each other all the time. But sometimes you just need that outsider's input. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so that you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. <laughs> I know that I've benefited from therapy in the past just for that same reason. Like sometimes it's not even what the therapist has to say to me. It's just the simple act of talking something through yeah. with a person who I know is objective and doesn't right. have any stake yeah, they have no in idea what I'm what's saying. Going on. Yeah. yeah, they're just there to listen and they're really good at being like, have you thought of this or have you right, considered exactly. that? exactly. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you don't vibe with that specific therapist, you can switch it anytime and they're not going to charge you for it. Yes. So make your brain your friend with mm -hmm. BetterHelp. So you visit betterhelp.com slash WMMM and you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash W-M-M-M. -M. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Do you want to make a podcast? No. <laughs> what if I just the said no? The end. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm over it. I'm good. Let's quit. This is how it ends. Bye, guys. <laughs> We didn't love you as much as we said we did. But if I wanted to, you know uh -huh. what platform I would use? What would you do? Spotify for podcasters. Would you really? Tell me. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know why? Yeah, I would love to know. Because it's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup's like, you can start creating today. Did you know that, Megan? What if your setup is a cardboard box with towels over it? You can do that too. But who would do that though? <laughs> Not us. Not us. We're professionals. <laughs> and then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere that podcasts are heard. Really? They also have video podcasts. Megan, tell me what other options we have. Well, if you want to, you can add Q&As and polls at the end of every episode How and then fun. your fans can respond. How fun is that? It is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And best of all, Kara, it's totally free. We've been using Spotify for podcasters since the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, we love it. It's super easy, super user-friendly. You can download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my haircut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh -huh. T-Y. 
M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh my we gosh. got a so exciting and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge NCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against the ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately Mm -hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o-beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. So June 3rd, 1975, 46 minutes of deliberation. (laughs) Wow. They called him the man who ruined Halloween. They said he's guilty. They said that he was going to get the uh, electric chair. So then there were several appeals and almost 10 years later, they are finally at a like a resolution. Like this is what we're going to do with him. And he does. He gets lethal injection. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And um, he continued to say that he was innocent. And in a written statement, he said, what is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I will forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you, one and all. God bless you all. May God's best blessings be always yours. P.S. During my time here, I've been treated well by all TDC personnel. He could not even, like, before he died, he could not even admit it or apologize for his son. Nothing. No. And then listen, so there are people outside the prison, like protesters and all those people. They had Halloween masks on, chanting trick or treat, and they were handing out pixie sticks to the crowd. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's dark. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. They said like two to three hundred pixie sticks were handed out. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I know. What a monster. And the fact that he never admitted to it, never Mm -hmm. took responsibility for his actions. Mm -hmm. But that, I mean, I'm sure there were other instances, but that kind of started the whole fear of, you know, your candy could be poisoned. Like, Mm -hmm. let mom and dad check it. Don't eat candy that's open. Don't eat anything where the wrapper looks suspicious. Yeah. That's crazy. Poor baby. I hate it. Well, and then his sister being terrified to go trick-or-treating, you think, for however long. Yeah. Having to live with that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And just the betrayal of uh-huh. this is your parent. Yeah. Who you should be able to trust. Right. And then those neighbors. All of it. All yeah. of it's terrible. He is the man who learned Halloween. Yeah. Well, you're thanks. not welcome for that. <laughs> we wanted to say we got some mail from you guys. It was oh so, gosh. so nice. We, we got a card from Andrea and some cow, <laughs> like stationery. <laughs> yes. From Lacey. And there it was just, we love, I love it when I check the PO box and we have notes from you guys. Um, you know, we've been sharing ghost stories. Yeah. And so Patreon members have already heard this ghost story, but I wanted to share it on the regular feed too. My friend, Sarah Blair, is a paranormal romance author. You guys know that it's like a past life almost. I was an author. I had a book that came out back, I don't know, 2014. I would say and it's still so life. It feels like it's not, but I guess so. It's still there. It's still for sale. Yeah. I don't know. But um, Sarah, I met time. Sarah through writing. I know. <laughs> I met Sarah through writing, even though what I wrote was young adult, what she writes is adult. She writes really great paranormal romance. Um, It's just sexy and fun, and I just love it. Maybe I should take one of those to book club. I'm joining a book club, I think. Oh, you should. You can get them on Amazon. Yeah, Sarah... And I use Marco Polo to talk just like me and Kara, you know. Yeah. And um, she just one day was randomly telling me this ghost story. Oh and I was gosh. like, Sarah, can you please, <laughs> can you pause for a moment? Can you record this and send it to me yeah. so I can put it on our podcast? Because it is such a good ghost story. It's this thing that happened to her. And she was like, yeah, sure. Now, Sarah has a podcast. She's involved. It's called the X-Cast. It's an X-Files podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, so she like recorded it in the nice way and yeah. sent it in. So I'm just going to add it on to the end of this episode. But just to tell you a little bit about Sarah, I'll I'll put these links in the show notes. Her website is Sarah L. Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Um, and I'll put the links to her books and everything in the show notes so you can check them out if you want to. Don't yeah. feel like you have to. I mean, yeah. she didn't ask me to do any of that. Yeah. It's not, this is not like an ad or anything. It's just that I love her. She's been yeah. a wonderful friend to me yeah, for years. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to figure while I'm talking about her, I may as well brag on her a little bit. But mm-hmm. you guys wait till you hear this ghost story. It's so good. <laughs> so we'll let that close out the episode. And we yeah. love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello. My name is Sarah Blair. I'm a longtime listener, first-time guest of Magic Mystery, which is murder. Hang on. Magic, which is magic. I'm going to get this. Murder Mystery. What's the name of this podcast again? Witches, Magic, Murder Mystery. There it is. Nailed it. Y'all can cut that out, right? My name is Sarah Blair, and Megan asked me to tell you this ghost story. About five years ago, I traveled to Philadelphia for a trip with my husband and our two little kids. They were about two and five at the time. And of course, no trip to Philadelphia would be complete without visiting Eastern State Penitentiary. And I'd always wanted to go. I'm a big fan of ghost hunters. So, obviously, that was a must-do on our list. So, we got in, got our tickets, went into this former prison, and in case you haven't been there, the vibe I got was very, very 
sad, very lonely. It just had this very somber, kind of depressed feeling. And as you're walking up and down these rows of prison cells, some of them just felt sad. Some of them felt empty. Some of them felt very, very menacing and very frightening. And my husband was kind of looking after the kids as we were walking along. And, you know, I'd tell him, take them around this one, go away from this cell because this is intense over here. And I'm not getting a good feeling from these, this spot. We spent quite a bit of time just wandering around and exploring and listening to some of the tour guides and sort of just getting a feel for the place. It's very beautiful there. It's very sad and architecturally very interesting to look at. One of the things that they mentioned in the tour was that there are rules in which they are allowed to preserve what's there as it is, but they're not allowed to interfere or restore anything because it's a historical landmark and whatever category it's in, they're just not allowed to rebuild or refurbish anything. So it's it's all falling apart, but they're able to, you know, keep it as much as possible as it is now. So there's a lot of crumbling plaster where it's falling off the walls. It's just down on the floor. And at one point, my husband came over to me. He had a little handful of plaster and he said, should I take some of this? And immediately I was like, no, do not take that anywhere. Put it down now (laughs) because honestly, number one, it's against the rules. Like, don't do that. Don't break the rules. Respect what is here. If everybody came and took a little bit, no, just no, don't do that. Wrong. Number two, do you want to bring a ghost into our house? And he's like, you're nuts. That's not going to happen. And I said, I don't want to find out. Just put it back. Don't, don't. So we went on about our tour. We went on exploring. We hung out in the prison yard and my kids had some snacks. We continued our trip. We saw the Liberty Bell. We did all the fun things that you do when you're in Philadelphia. Went up to the steps of the museum and did the Rocky thing. Great trip. We all had a good time. When we got home, I started feeling like there was something in our closet and I couldn't figure out what was going on. It was just a presence. It was a strong sense of a person and it felt curious and confused. I didn't get any kind of malicious vibe from it or anything like that. It was just a very strong sense of a person in our closet that I couldn't see. It was just wondering, who are you and why am I here? <laughs> and I didn't know what to say to that. You know, I, I was just like, how did you even get here? Because the, it wasn't there when we left. And when I was doing the laundry from our trip, I was putting my husband's jeans into the washing machine and I checked his pockets and sure enough, there were a couple of pieces of plaster. Ugh, why? <laughs> like, can you just listen to me? So I went to him 
And I showed him the plaster and I was like, why did you do this? And he said, I thought it would be a, a nice souvenir. And I said, we have souvenirs. I got a magnet from the gift shop. That is our souvenir. That is an appropriate souvenir to take with you from Eastern State Penitentiary, not plaster from the walls of a cell. That's not a thing that needs to even happen. And he said, why? What's the problem? And I said, you brought somebody home with us. There is a ghost in our closet now because you did this. And he thought I was nuts. Maybe I am. I don't know. But I immediately marched down to the creek in our backyard. And I threw the plaster in the running water. And then I went back up to our closet. And I stood in my closet. And I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know who you are. But you're here because my husband brought this stuff home with him from the prison. I'm sorry for whatever you've been through. I'm sorry for whatever trouble we've caused you. But this is not where you belong and you need to leave. <laughs> so I wish you the best and get out of my house. And I felt like we had a pretty clear understanding. And after that, the presence was just gone. I left, the presence left, and it hasn't been back since. So whatever happened, whoever we brought home, I have no idea, but it's gone. Thank goodness. I will make doubly sure that nobody in my family brings home anything like that ever again, because we don't need that kind of trouble in our life. And I'm just really grateful that it was a nice ghost. But that's my ghost story. I hope you have enjoyed it. Thanks for letting me join you on Ghost Magic Murder Mayhem. What? What is this podcast called again? Ugh. <laughs>